This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, this is John Beatty, and you're listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. I am your host, Rick Verbanis, and uh, this is episode 42. Uh, and uh, as always, uh, I don't know if I need to mention this, but it's every episode. Uh, I've got the best gosh darn co-host. His name is Bob Lucius. Bob. <laughs> I have never known Rick to be at a loss for words. <laughs> Technical difficulties, folks. I'm trying to hold on. I'm trying to do it. <laughs> hey, what's up, Bob? <laughs> And there you have it, folks. Oh, that was so bad. It was worth the wait. It oh, was, it was so bad. Know, that, that took me back, Rick. I thought for, for, for a moment, I thought I was back in 1982. Watching really? Val- watching Valley Girl. Oh, well, no, that wasn't Valley Girl. Valley oh, Girl no. Been, no, Valley Girl would have been uh, so much like, and by, by the way, Valley Girl came out in 1983, Bob. Get it right. Oh, you're right. Was that Spicoli? That was Spicoli. Yeah. <laughs> now that was Spicoli right there. <laughs> I've been thinking about this, Mr. Han. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? <laughs> oh, that's good stuff, man. That right there, that right there was 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 worth the wait. Oh, thanks, Bob. Man, yes. that's good stuff. Woo, sweating. Woo, yeah, sweating bullets, man. Uh, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So why did I why did I go with uh, Spicoli? Because it, to your point, it's 1982. That's what we're covering today. We're covering Captain America 265 and 266 from January and February of 1982. At least that's the cover date. They actually came out a few months earlier in the late 1981, but we won't tell anybody that. Yes. All it's right. A trade, trade secret. Yeah. Bob, how are you? Oh, Rick, I'm living the dream, man. I mean, are you kidding me? I'm um, sitting here with a beverage of my choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, the house is quiet. Uh, everybody's in bed. And, uh, and I'm, I'm wrapping cap with you. Yeah. In your so, cap man cave. In my, uh, my hero cave. Yeah. The cap yeah. cave. Yeah. Yes. Na, 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 na. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm doing the same, man. I'm, I'm, uh, sitting here in my, my cap cave, uh, with my beverage of choice out of my Captain America pint glass here, um, which is the, so so people sometimes ask about the image on this, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, that comes up in our, our Captain America comic book fans Facebook group. And it is the it's by uh, Sal Basima. And uh, you remember back back in the day, Bob, when we were uh, covering the Steve Englehart 
uh, Sal Basima story with the 1950s cap, which is episode six. If anybody would like to, to go check that out, the story great came ep- out in 1972. Great, great episode, great issues. Yeah. Um, and so there's the, uh, there's this uh, cover of Captain America running out of the Avengers mansion and all the other Avengers are trying to chase him, right? And they're like, you know, we must stop Captain America. And there's Cap running with his shield in his left hand. And, um, but, but he's got an angry face, mm-hmm. which should tip off the reader that this is, this, this doesn't look like Cap. I mean, like, Cap doesn't really look angry like this. And the Avengers usually aren't chasing him, but it was the 1950s Cap. Now, yeah. who is this? You may ask on my my pint glass here. Why is this Captain America smiling? Well, it's the same body from the cover, but the Marvel uh, realized that, you know, hey, that's a really cool charging cap, but we can't have an angry face. So they had Sal draw a friendly smiley face on there. And that's what they used for marketing nice. uh, after that. So, so it's like it's like the post therapy. Mm. 1950s cap. I like that. Yeah. And what's better therapy than a nice cold adult beverage? <laughs> exactly. Cheers. All right. Uh, so yeah, what are we talking about today? We, we already said we're going to be covering uh, Captain America 265 and 266. Um, so what's why? why? Why are we covering this? What's special about this particular issue, uh, these two issues? Well, a couple of things I will point out. Um, so it is interesting who the writer is. So the writer is David Anthony Kraft, although I think he's just referred to as David Kraft in this particular uh, issue. Um, and he kind of did some fill-in issues. Now, he, he was writing comics uh, in the late mid to late 70s and early 80s, uh, wrote some books. Um, most of the books actually are based on comic book characters. Um, he, he had some, some, uh, was well known, uh, I think for doing interviews and, and, uh, critiques in a magazine called the comics interview. Did you ever read that? Oh, I did. I got a few issues, uh, on my shelf here someplace, um, that I bought back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So, so those were, those were great magazines back then, you know, you know, us comic fans who, uh, who couldn't get enough of comics, wanted to read about comics, you know, that's what we did. We read Comics Interview and a few other magazines. So he he was, uh, you know, heavily involved with that. So um, interesting enough, he, he wrote uh, five issues of Captain America. So he wrote these two. Um, then he wrote 271. And then he wrote 273 and 274. 271 is the um, very, I, I think it's a, a quite a forgettable issue. Um it has uh, Cap in a in a wrestling ring, and uh, he's going up against like Wrestler X or Mister X or something like that. And then, um, but the other two they did was pretty cool. Two seventy three, two seventy four. That was um, when Baron von Strucker comes back, and um, and so are the uh, um, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos, and uh, so it's a it's a cool little two-part story. That, that so, is a, that's a cool story. And, and yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I, I love that story, quite honestly, because I, I'm a big fan of Fury and the Commandos. And, uh, and I, love, I love that Howler reunion. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he did these five issues in 1982. Now, 
I say it's interesting because at least it is to me, um, because when I got into Captain America, um, which was the next year, um, J.M. DeMatteis was the uh, was the writer. And um, he uh, started with, um, gosh, what was it? I want to say 261. So he did like 261 to 264, which was like this. Um, that, that was his first story. And and listen, go. we, we had a chat with J.M. DeMatteis De um, back in ep, uh, episode 13. So go back and, and you, you really, really want to listen to episode 13. It's a great conversation um, with with J.M. DeMatteis, um, and, and it's all about his Captain America, right? So we spend over an hour talking with him about that, um, because he did. He wrote, I want to say, like, over, over the course of from 261 to 300, he, he wrote, like, 26 of those 30 stories. Um, and so, but, but the fill-ins were, um, uh, you know, the fill-ins were here um, by uh, David Kraft. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, yeah, it, it's not a lot of stories, but yeah, heck, you know, I mean, for anybody to, uh, make your mark in the, in the cap mythos is, is a big honor. So, uh, I think yep. that's, uh, you know, five or 30 or a hundred, right? I mean, man, I, I'd kill the right one. Well, uh, the other thing interesting about this, these two issues, um, and I think maybe even bigger, uh, part is, um, you may have heard of Mike Zach, uh, who is my favorite Captain America artist. Um, and he is, uh, he made it uh, to the finals in our Cap Madness, where uh, the um, basically went up against Jack Kirby and, and, and came in second to Jack Kirby as far as the votes were concerned. So Mike Zach is a, b a beloved Captain America artist. Well, he has, um, you know, he started on Captain America. Well, he did, he did this one issue of 224. And then uh, he came in from like 258 to I want to say 289. Um, so he did most of those 30 issues. Um, so in issues 258, he actually inked himself. 259 and then 261 through 264, he was inked by Frank McLaughlin, but really wasn't Frank McLaughlin. It was Frank McLaughlin's Quick Draw Studio. So it was like a bunch of people like working on it once. So, you know, it was good, good art. Um, but, you know, it didn't reach its potential until until now with issue 265 and 266, because John Beatty, who uh, came on board um, to be the, uh, the anchor for Mike Zach and then went on um, for like uh, the next, I don't know. 23 25 issues you know partnering with mike zach and and uh just an amazing job and and by the way i usually save this for the end of our episode but i might as well just tell you now next episode episode um 43 uh john Beatty comes on as a guest and uh we have a great conversation with him about uh you know his start in the industry how how mike zach actually helped him get into the comic book industry and then um how he he left a great story about how he left inking george perez on dc's flagship title justice league of america so he could go ink mike zach on captain america uh great story yeah 
Yeah, I mean, there's uh, John didn't he didn't hold back at all either in that interview, and uh, I mean, it just gives a lot of interesting details. Uh, and and the thing that was really uh, really cool to hear was him talk about how uh, um, he and Zek's uh, contributions sort of synchronized over the years and became you know it's just a unique sort of phenomenon, right? In in comic, well, not maybe not unique, but certainly within within Cap, it's uh, it's legendary, right? Right. Uh, yeah, so I mean that's uh, it's it's really interesting to hear uh, how that came about and uh, and how we reflect back upon it now. Yeah, yeah, it was a great great chat. So um, you know, check that out next episode. So um, what else is cool about issues two sixty five and two sixty six? Well, um, it's got a couple of cool guest appearances by Nick Fury and Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, so that that's kind of fun. You don't see Cap and Spidey uh, team up too often. Um, so that's pretty cool. In fact, all right. Now here comes the nerd in me, Bob, coming out. All right. All right. Yeah, I did the math. I did the math, Bob. So not only is two sixty five the eighth time that Mike Zek drew Captain America, you know, the eighth issue, but it's also the eighth time that Mike Zek drew Spider-Man. You don't say. It's true. Wow. Wow. You did do the math on that one, Rick. I did do the math. I was a little selfish because um, I actually, actually recently in the last few months picked up a, um, a page, an original art page from this issue. And so I was so excited to get it. I was like, I wonder, I wonder how many times he has extra on Spider-Man for. And I did all the research and I looked it up and there was like, Oh, you know, like a Marvel team up Marvel two and one stuff like that, that he did. Right. And yeah. um, don't ask me which issues they were because I wrote it down and I don't have it anymore. How but about Fury? I don't know, Bob. You didn't look up Fury, huh? No, I'm I know kidding. Fury's your number two, right? Isn't He's he like my number your two guy. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's fine. Well, maybe you can look him up, Bob. <laughs> maybe I will. Maybe I will, Rick. Maybe you should. Maybe you should. And then report back. <laughs> All right. Fine. Fine. Should we get to it, Bob? Let's do it. Okay. Let's so on the it. cover of issue 265, by the way, Bob, you, with just reading that comic book, have a chance to win a Columbia 10-speed <laughs> Formula 10 racer. I already have one, man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And, and I, I, I'm hoping that when I say that for the people who, who you know, read comics back in 1982, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, I remember that that little black strip at the top of it, <laughs> that ad basically yeah. at the top of the cover. Gee, what a distraction, man. You know? I know. I know. Too many cricket. Like to make it, you know, to have like an artist of that, you know, caliber, you know, and then to like slap a 10 speed across the top of it. <laughs> Uh, Does Columbia even make bikes anymore? I don't Columbia. know. I, I don't even know. Formula 10. Wow. 10-speed racer. Yeah. All right. So the, and this was 60 cents on the cover. Do you remember when comics were 60 cents? I do. I do. I, uh, as I, as I shelled out four ninety nine for the most recent issue of Captain America, you know, this week. Yeah. I, I reflect back uh, with a great deal of sentimentality for the 60 cent issues. Yeah. Yeah, right. me too. Uh, so the, the, the logo is the red, white, and blue Captain America logo, which we love. It's cool. 
it's sentimental. Um, the Captain America logo up in the in the corner box is the uh, is the one left over from Jack Kirby. Um, so Mike Zek's uh, logo um, doesn't make it until two seventy five. I want to say, uh, which is yeah, I don't know. You know, he he been on the you know, the book a little while, you should have gotten it before then, but I don't know. And, 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 and Kirby hadn't been on the book for like five years at this point. Um, but anyway, so it's a cool cover because you've got, um, Zach and Zach outdid himself with the background. I just want to say, right. It's almost Kirby esque with the amount of machinery Mm -hmm. That's going on in the background. It's all gray, so it's you know it's certainly in the in the in the background, so you don't really pay much attention to it. But man, look at the detail, yeah. right? Yeah, it's almost photorealistic. You know, I mean, if you look at it quick, it does have that sense of uh, just a, like a photographic background of machinery in a factory yeah. or something. Yeah, that's some weird. It does. It does have that photographic look. You know. Um, you know, Zach probably cheated and took a photo of some uh, evil villain's lair and mm-hmm. uh, and then penciled over top of it. Right. Yeah. 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 No doubt, no doubt so, he had one in his files. So you have uh, Nick Fury on the ground grimacing in pain. Now, by the way, his costume, and this is, again, like, you know, for me, a sweet spot because he's got that navy blue, but instead of the white gloves and everything, he's got like the the, the brownish orange colored one. Mm. I always liked that more. You did, huh? I did. Ah, interesting. Yeah. I learn more about you every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you like I me less? Have, I wouldn't have seen that coming. <laughs> well, a little bit now, but uh, <laughs> I know. you know. You're yourself. like, don't mess with the white. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so he's he's on the ground grimacing. You've got Cap being held by uh, this robot. Uh, and Spider-Man being held by a robot. And these robots are uh, humanoid looking. Um, and they're golden uh, metal, right? Um, with black uh, on, the, on the head and around the eyes. But everything else is kind of like this yellow golden. Um, and then you've got uh, this, this villain who is, he looks like a cyborg, right? Because he, he's got part of that metal uh that the the rest of the gang uh, the robots do and then part of them is got uh human and i know what you're thinking gee rick you just described a cyborg thank you well that is the technical sort of definition but uh but you know kudos for attention to detail and then uh in the background for some reason <laughs> this is this is great this is things like if you don't sit here and study a cover you don't pay attention to this stuff I don't think until this moment I noticed that there's one of the robots who's standing in the background, not only with his arms crossed, because, because, you know, robots at ease are just going to cross their arms like they're, but he's got his right knee bent and his, his foot higher up. So he's got kind of like a Captain Morgan thing going with his, his legs and his arms crossed. I thought he was like, he felt left out or something. And he was like pouting. That's, oh, the, that's the impression I got. I don't get to hold uh, uh, you know, a superhero. What's um, the deal? I'm stuck back here. That's pretty funny. 
Uh, and the uh, the starburst on the cover says, "Introducing Cap's deadliest foe yet, the Sultan." And um, we shall see. Yeah, you know what, I Bob, I have to look it up. You know what? You know what? My f- one of my one of my favorite songs, and definitely my favorite Dire Straits song, is "Sultan of Swing." <laughs> oh no! Don't don't do it! Don't play it. <laughs> I'm not going to play it. I'm just looking it up. I'm just curious when it came out. All right. It came out in 1978. All right. So here it is three and a half years later. And uh, we've got the Sultan. I think the Sultan probably, uh, you know, before diving into this, not knowing the origin yet. Right. I think the Sultan probably was so incensed by hearing that song over and over again on the radio that it turned him into a supervillain. Why? Not a, it's not a great a song. I'm not a fan of that song. <laughs> oh no. Hey Bob. I, I hey Bob. I'm learning it. more about you too. <laughs> I just remember hearing that song an awful lot. And uh yeah. All right. I have to give a go. I'm getting a little personal here. All right. I'm gonna get a little personal. Go. Here we go, so, folks. Um I'm in the car. Uh and my my uncle John, and by the way. Uncle, everybody should have an Uncle John, right? This guy, he he was beloved, beloved. Unfortunately, he passed away about a year ago. Um, but he uh, he used to play the guitar himself. And he was in a band back in high school and 20s, right? And uh, and he was great. He, 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 oh my God, he, he, he captivated a room. He held court. He could tell jokes like you wouldn't believe he did some magic tricks he was just the best uncle right just yeah uh, yeah, i adored the man and i remember sitting in the front seat between him and my dad uh while my uncle was driving and of course my mom and my aunt were in the back seat and i'm sitting in the front seat don't worry i've got a safety belt on because my dad worked for Tabont and everything was safety first. So, but I remember hearing this song come on and my uncle elbowed me and and he was like, wait for it, wait for it. And then as soon as it gets into the the guitar solo, he turns it up and he's just like, you have no idea how hard that is. And then, and he, and he was like, this is, this is amazing. And I swear every time I hear that song, I think of my uncle. All right. That's awesome. So that's awesome. All right. I'm going to give it another listen. It's been uh, 30 years. I'm going to give it another listen. (laughs) Yeah. I hear you. All right. So what is the Sultan saying to Captain America and Spider-Man are being held by robots right now? And Nick Fury sprawling on the ground. Spider-Man and Nick Fury can't help you, Captain America. Admit it. You're a dead man. Game over. All right. Why bother continuing? Yeah, for the ad on the next page. <laughs> All right, so the title of this is Thunderhead. And um, the credits for this particular uh, issue. So as I mentioned already before, David Kraft's the writer, Mike Zex the penster, John Beatty's the inker. But our good friend of the show, Bob Sharon, is the colorist. Uh, and then Jim Novak, letterer, and Jim Salakrup is the editor. All right, so we have on the splash page uh, Steve Rogers in his civvies walking in a suit, uh, carrying his, his big 
briefcase that, uh, you know, probably holds the Captain America shield in it. And the, uh, we're in, it's nighttime and he is in downtown Manhattan. And from the perspective of these four street thugs uh, and uh, these never dwells, if you will, uh, uh, miscreants, what else, what else you want to call them, Bob? Mm, uh, boy, I don't know. You've covered, you've covered all the bad words I know. <laughs> um, and you know, you know, they're tough because they're, uh, they're smoking cigarette, uh, cigarettes, uh, two of them wearing sunglasses at night. Uh, one, guy has his leather jacket with the collar up, uh, you know, so they, they look, they look tough. One's got a beret on man. So, you know, yeah. And he's bald. He's got a beret and a, and yeah. a, and a, and a hoop earring. He's got it covered. So, Yes, with his pink jeans. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask Bob. Bob, what were you thinking here, dude? Really? He's confident. He's confident. Yeah, you know, this tough guy. This tough guy in his pink jeans. All right. Um, right, right no, I, 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 go ahead, man. I, I don't want to. No, I was cool. going to say, in the background, yes. you, have, you have a couple of cool things to point out. One is uh, a, a very sexy uh, woman uh, with a jeans kind of ad. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and you've we, got a, you got well, a poster. Know, you know who that is though, right? That woman. Well, I, I don't know who it is cause it just says Jean, but I know who that is. Who is it? That's Brooke Shields, man. No. Yeah. Really? From those, from those ads from that period. That's Brooke Shields. Oh, yep. Ma'am, just, this is after blue lagoon. Uh, this was after blue lagoon. She was a big hit. Uh, what was the name of the jeans that she was at Calvin's? Nothing comes between me and my Calvin's. Was that it? All right, Bob. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I remember those. <laughs> I don't remember the name of the brand, but I remember the ads. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, more to the poster. of the. Of the yeah, there's a, there's a movie poster for Raging Bull starring Robert De Niro. Yeah. Good stuff. Right. That's good attention to detail. I love that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right. It is late evening in Manhattan. A disgruntled Steve Rogers is returning from a not entirely pleasant publisher's party. Though its social merits were few, the event opened career doors previously closed to him. Steve Rogers is a struggling freelance artist, but his finely honed muscular carriage, his firm, confident stride, his alert, fathomless steel blue eyes proclaim his true calling in life. Is this a description or is this like... Is this his Tinder ad? What 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 was that going on? <laughs> this is pre-Tinder, man. Yeah, uh, but you firm... know it's a- it's accurate, you know. Oh, all right, that of a vigilant sentinel of liberty, a tireless guardian of freedom, an unbending champion of justice, Captain America. All right, so Thug Number One says, "Hey, man, dig the two piece. Looks like you got a lot on his mind." What say we lighten his load, street sucker style? And, and miscreants everywhere. And, like, and the guy puts his uh, his leg up, and with his foot on a on a something to stop uh, Steve from walking forward. He goes, "What's your hurry, Blue Eyes? I have to work. I have work to do. Unlike you, <laughs> Bob." That doesn't yeah. sound like Steve Rogers I know. 
yeah, that's a little bit in your face, right? Yeah. He's, he's clearly, he's, he, he's not in 1950s cap angry mode, but he is perturbed probably from a, a night out at the, at the party. You know, they, they said he was disgruntled, but still, yeah. I, don't, I don't see him being like, unlike you. No, that, that seems to be assuming quite a bit. It is. So another thug number three says, ho, ho, listen to the man. Us street suckers don't have to work. Yeah. Ain't you heard of the punk movement, bro? Well, we're in it. Now get in that alley. So the four of them start to, to push him into this dark alley. The shove is an insolent as the words. Steve Rogers meekly complies, following the path that the punks and Daily Bugle photographer Peter Parker thinks is his certain doom. So there we got Peter Parker uh, there. And he goes, and he's thinking, hey, that's the artist I met at JJJ's party. Now, when I read this before, I I know it's J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. But do they refer to him as JJJ's or is it JJ? I always thought it was JJ. I mean, I, I'm not a big Spider-Man reader, but it always I always remember it as JJ, so... Yeah, I thought I, so too. The extra J just, you know, seems superfluous. It does. So yeah, J squared. Yeah. <laughs> or no, that wouldn't be J squared, would it? This would be J cubed. And even that would seem like a lot of extra work. True. So he's thinking, unless I become your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, Pronto, the only thing he'll be drawing is a disability check. But before Peter can change. So then you've uh, you got thug number one being thrown out of the alley. And Peter's like, huh? You may have your own definition, but I think this is what I call the punk movement. Oh, I get it. Right? Because the punk's moving. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Play on words, Steve. Nice. Yeah, nice. So then uh, Peter goes around the brick corner and he's looking into the alley and he goes, what did those thugs do? Accidentally stumble on in on the Hulk? No, I don't believe it. And then he gets out his camera. He starts taking pictures of Steve in his, you know, civilian suit, just punching and kicking. That artist screaming the toughest street gangs in Manhattan. JJJ has been screaming for an ordinary citizen story like this for months. Of all the tyrants who practice terror, you, who twist the liberties of a free society to your own evil ends are the worst. Thug number three says in his head, pretty speech, mister. Too bad it's your last. And as he comes up on him, Cap gives him, uh, or Steve, I should say, kicks him in the face. The constitution of our country guarantees the right of every citizen in the land to be free from fear. But you betray the spirit of this land. You are home all the while demanding the rights you so will, willfully den- deny others. So the guys, you know, run off. And Peter's like, I'd say your fists impress them more than your words. And once my editor splashes these photos all over the front page, the mayor will make you citizen of the year. And Steve's brushing the dust off of his sport jacket. If you don't mind, I want that film. Uh, you do? Please. I don't like publicity. It might prejudice potential clients. What kind of guardian angel are you? Most guys I know would use their publicity to advance their career. I'm not most guys. The film. Now. Okay. And he hands him the film. Thank you. Perhaps one day I can repay the favor. 
And then as he's walking away, we get a nice little shot, classic shot of Peter Parker with that half Spider-Man mask on his face, you know, with the little spider senses coming off. And he thinks to himself, I sure hope so. You just cost me a heck of a bonus. And Steve's thinking to himself, I couldn't tell him the truth that I'm really Captain America. These days, I want to keep my life as Steve Rogers as private as possible. My spider sense is tingling. That means trouble is near. And my guess is that it involves tall, blonde, and talented over there. Maybe he's about to repay me sooner than both of us thought. So he goes back into the alley and he changes out of his uh, his civvies and underneath he has his Spider-Man costume. I better make sure that my trusty web shooters are fully loaded and that my clothing's neatly tucked away from harm and hobos. So he, he you know, puts them up in a corner with his uh, webbing and, and then he jumps up on t- top of the, the building and voila, Spidey is all set to swing through the upper terraces of this asphalt jungle. There's my plane's clothes Avenger now. He seems like he's up on the up and up, but no normal guy could have handled those punks the way he did. So he's watching from above uh, Steve walk up to a payphone. Maybe I'm just suspicious, but like my Aunt May always says, you can't be too careful. Huh? He's making a phone call. Nothing mysterious about that. Maybe. Wait, now my spider sense is tingling like wild. And just like that, um, uh, Cap begins to, to, to glow and, and look surprised. Holy mackerel, a glow surrounding him. He's starting to disappear. And he looks just as surprised about it as I am. So Spidey swings in to try to get to him. I've got to do something fast before he fades away. I know, my Spidey tracer. Hope it lands on him in time. If not, then he's gone for good. And then just like that, Steve's gone. Nuts. Who am I kidding? My tracer signal is only good for a few miles. He could have vamboosed to Timbuktu for all I know. And then coming from behind, um, whoops, there goes my spidey sense again. No false moves, mister. You're coming with us. Don't even try to resist. We've dealt effectively with your kind before. What did you do with him? And there's these two guys in, um, in these yellow outfits. My kind? In case you didn't notice, I just got here. We saw you tailing him. Why? Tell us now or tell us later. But rest assured, you will tell us. That does it. I'm not playing the patsy for anyone. Not even your refugee stormtroopers from Star Wars. Now, Bob, uh, that's a a pretty cool, you know, common, you know, because you know what was out shortly before? I got to think, uh, I don't know. Was it, was it empire? No. Empire strikes was back. Was it empire? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it was. Yeah. This time I'm asking the questions and you're the ones answering them. So he throws the two shield agents. Now he throws, throws them each side by side, but one of them goes through the brick wall. And of course, before that happens, Spider-Man has the time to say, the impact of that solid brick wall should convince those turkeys to sing like canaries. And if it doesn't, what? Oh, no, he vanished right through the wall. But how am I going to find that artist if everyone keeps disappearing? While Spidey ponders his dilemma, Steve Rogers emerges in the center of what appears to be a super scientific laboratory complex. Something's terribly wrong. 
The number I dialed should have cleared me to enter S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters. Instead, I'm, ah, and he gets shot in the arm, like grazed. Someone's attacking me. Who? Robots. And there, there's this group of nine robots uh, coming. And by the way, there's two dashes between every single word they say. Negative. We are Biotron Constructs. Our unique design makes us virtually indestructible. You cannot defeat us. You are advised by our creator to accompany us peacefully or we shall subdue you with force. What do you think, Bob? Is that, is that good enough? That was awesome. Okay. Yeah, I felt like I was there. Do I have to keep doing that? No, I don't think that's necessary. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Instead, Steve Rogers rips open his portfolio case, whips out the famous red, white, and blue shield that is more like a trusted friend than a mere tool that has served him in countless battles, and leaps off the exposed platform. And he's getting shot at by those lasers. Tell your master this. The day shall never dawn when Captain America cravenly bows to brute force. All Biotron units fire. Fire. In less than an instant, the civilian garb of Steve Rogers is discarded, revealing the proud uniform of who he was first a freedom fighter against Nazi atrocity, then an avenger against worldwide injustice. That's a mouthful. That is a mouthful, yeah. But the art is amazing. This is pretty good, yeah. It's an unusual sort of layout on this page. I, you know, it's eye-catching. Yeah. I mean, look at Cap. You know, he's just, he's, now he's in his uniform. He's got his shield. He's just ripping through these robots. And he looks angry. Now he leaps into the thick of hopeless battle with the confidence of a man who has stared death in the face hundreds of times before and won. He is more than a man, more than a legend. He is a living embodiment of the American ideal. He is Captain America. And he's going to town. And he's punching the robots. And they're, they're all over him. My sudden attack surprised them, threw them off balance. But it won't last long. Must press my advantage. Escape to find their leader before they can regroup. Blast. Unlike other humanoids I fought, these can reassemble themselves from parts of other fallen biotrons. And sure enough, we do. We see one of the robots picking up a, an arm and reattaching it. To truly defeat each unit, I must completely shatter the exoskeleton itself. But the knowledge comes too late. You are a prisoner, Captain America. You cannot break our bionic grip, surrender, or we shall subdue you with further force. And they, they have him down on the ground. You said something like that once before, and my answer still stands. But you do not. Oh, look at that. The robot made it funny. <laughs> <laughs> this yes. stun blast shall ensure your passive captivity. And he does. He gets shot in the back. So he's, he's down. And long moments pass. Finally, the painful fog of raw, nerved unconsciousness lifts. And as Cap raises his head, ah, my dear captain, what a pleasure it is to meet you again. And he looks up and he says, you. Meanwhile, in the alley, there's Spider-Man. I got it. At least I think I do. Heck, even I think I'm crazy for thinking this might be a holographic screen hiding a secret entrance. 
Well, there's one quick way to find out if I'm on the ball or off the beam. No hard feelings, Chuckles, but if that wall is solid, better you than me that bounces off. And sure enough, the shield agent goes through the brick wall. I was right. There is a door way behind that image. But where does it go? Did they slip through because it's always open or because their suits possess an electronic pass key to let them through? Sheesh, I don't know. And I'm not going to get any answers standing here. Chances are they're waiting for me on the other side. So I might as well take the direct route and hope that. And then he does. He gets passed through. And as he's going through, the agents uh, grab him on the other side and pull him. Hey, easy on the threads. Wall, crawl, wall crawler costumes aren't exactly off the rack items. Ruined attire will be the least of your worries once we execute maneuver double punch. <laughs> I, 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 I remember learning that one, Rick, in uh, spy school. So, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, they um, teach that. Yeah. Maneuver, maneuver double punch. How corny can you get? <laughs> Think so. Let's see how easily you laugh at this. And guess what's happening, Bob? Not a double punch. <laughs> it's a one punch and a one knee to the gut. Yeah, that was a trick. That was a trick. Ah, yeah. Those spies, that you well can't played. trust them. You can't trust them. And the other guy says, hurts, doesn't it? In addition to being black belts in every martial arts discipline, our combat power suits increase the force of our blows tenfold. He's not kidding. Another round like that, and it's goodbye, Spidey. Gosh, and all I have on my side was a bowl of Wheaties this morning. And he kicks one guy. Whack. Oops, pardon my butt. I can't imagine how it could have hit you with you guys being super energized and all. It looks like your buddy's out for the count. And he throws one guy into the machinery. That means it's up to you. Do I get some straight answers to my questions? Or do I mop the floor with your face? Save your energy, Spidey. You're going to need it. Who? Nick Fury of S.H.I.E.L.D. Then this is S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters? But why would you be interested in my tracking of a struggling artist? Sonny boy, that artist you saw disappear was Captain America. And if we don't find out where he's at fast, the world is doomed. I got to tell you, uh, I think Mike Zek likes drawing the uh, Captain Morgan pose because this uh, yeah. Nick Fury then now has his foot up on something. Because, you know, I mean, we had the, uh, the robot on the cover. We had the thug, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Cap was nabbed by a genius weapons designer computer expert called Sultan. Hey, Bob, you know what Sultan stands for? Uh, you know, Rick, I have a feeling you're going to tell me. Systematic, ultimate, lawless takeover of all nations. Which is the only way to do it, really. <laughs> of swing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would have been awesome. Before he, before he went berserk, this guy designed all our master computer and spy codes. He can monitor us at will. We can't stop him and we can't track him. If we don't reach him soon, he's going to destroy every nation's government, starting with ours, before the next day's dawn. Hey, Bob, that reminds me of a joke. <laughs> oh, do it, Rick. Do it. Do it. So Bob, you know, it's, it's funny. Like, uh, the other night I, 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 I couldn't sleep. I stayed up all night because I, I was I, trying to figure out, uh, where does the sun go? And then it dawned on me. 
para pam. <laughs> That's for all our elementary school listeners out there. Yes. <laughs> Do you see, folks? Uh, Dawn has two words, uh, two different meanings to the word. Okay. Colonel, it's a long shot, but I threw a spidey tracer on Cap before he blipped out. Mister, we got instruments that could pick up pocket radio signals on the moon. Say no more. Let's go. Elsewhere, we have Sultan talking to uh, Cap. And again, that background, right, from the cover. There's a lot of detail there. Yeah, there is. Yeah, and this is, it's not quite as, uh, it's, it's shaded much more uh, with a lot more detail and nuance here. Mm-hmm. Very Kirby-esque, though. Yeah. Surprised at the inventor of the molecular transfer unit that kidnapped you, the bionic constructs that captured you, and the creator of all that you see should look like this. And so, as I described him from the cover, he's a, a cyborg, right? Um, and so he's got, uh, you know, part gold, part black uniform. Um, and as as we've mentioned before in previous episodes where we've covered Mike Zek, he likes to show, he doesn't like, masks that cover the top of the head whether it's uh in this case a half mask that shows this gray hair um or whether it's a brain showing Uh, it seems to be a zek thing you the living symbol of that nation that duped me used me and now tries to destroy me should be honored before you die you shall witness firsthand the destruction of the country I loathe. Before I kill you myself, you shall witness the start of a new reign on earth, the unending rule of Sultan. You think me mad? Ha! Then it's, it is a madness not without its reason. I was not a mere inventor. I was an artist. It was your government that ignored me all the while. They exploited my genius. And when they could ignore me no longer, they tried to imprison me. For that... And more, the U.S. government must fall. You're wrong to do this. If you think nothing of the untold suffering your devastation shall cause, the thousands of innocent lives that we lost in your quest for revenge, they consider the followers you would lose if you act as you say. Why destroy a nation if you left a hollow shell? Fight me instead. Allow me time to arrange terms. If I win, you surrender. If I lose, You become ultimate ruler without needless bloodshed. A pretty speech, but no, nothing shall sway me from my revenge. Observe before you die. This is but one of a score of ultra-sophisticated nuclear missiles I have designed. And sure enough, uh, while he's standing on this platform, he opens up a door and there's a big missile there. Each is programmed for an individual target. Each can effortlessly penetrate any defense screen and each will totally annihilate its objective. In minutes, this missile will forever wipe from the face of the earth the city that symbolizes all that I despise, Washington, D.C. Meanwhile, on the coat... <laughs> Sorry. I always like doing meanwhile in the... <laughs> you know what I mean? In all the justice voice? Yeah. Yes. Just, just meanwhile, like- on the Hall of Justice... <laughs> Meanwhile, on the windswept coast of Maine, uh, Colonel Fury, I I know your Porsche is specially modified for speed and maneuverability, but did you really have to do 90 around that last hairpin switchback? 
Spidey, you've been in the business long enough to know. In our line of work, you're either quick or you're dead. Yeah, but your homing bug gives us a chance. Yeah, but... And the dashboard monitor says Cap hasn't moved from our goal. Thunderhead Island, right? Yeah, but... But what? You ain't backing down now, are you? No, but there's a steel wall blocking our way. And just then, there's... Yeah, you, you see on, the, on this highway that they're going... Uh, zipping around uh, on the on the coast, right on the edge there, very dangerously in this yellow. Uh, what was it? A Porsche, Lamborghini? What is it? It's a Porsche. Porsche. Okay. Yeah. And um, and sure enough, there's a, a steel wall that pops up, and uh, Nick Fury uh, screeches to a halt just in time. Bingo! Those bionic constructs are Sultan's trademark. All right, Spidey, remember the plan. We surrender quietly. Let them take us to Cap. And at the right moment, we make our move. Yeah, provided we get the chance. Soon. And here we have uh, these these robots uh, that are holding the Spidey and Fury and bringing him in. Colonel Fury, my erstwhile employer, and Spider-Man. My revenge should be all the sweeter watching you cringe as I destroy America's capital. Sorry, Sultan, but I'm not the cringing type. I just came to watch the fireworks. The cap thinks to himself, fireworks, that's Nick's code word to prepare for a coordinated surprise attack. You came just in time, Nick. The fireworks are about to begin. Cease your disgusting flippant prattle. I am the one who gives the orders here now, Fury. You are the one who must obey. Thus, I command you, look gaze upon the instrument that shall initiate my supreme rule. And he shows him the, the nuclear missile. Son of a... And so um, uh, Spidey starts thinking to himself, so Sultan's ego gets rubbed raw when someone cracks a joke about his work. Maybe I could trip him up a bit. One thing about you, Sultan, you're no piker when it comes to fancy bottle rockets. Still you joke. I'll show you all. Accelerate the countdown. So much for that idea. He's in Fury's hands now. If he gets any plans, I hope he starts them fast. We'll all be singing Hail to the Sultan. Sorry to disappoint you, Sultan, but there's been a change of plans. Must flex my hand right the first time. Activate the cocoon release in my suit. There'll be no second chance. So at this point, there's a robot standing behind has one hand on each of his arms holding him. But in the next panel, Nick Fury's top comes off, right? Like his tire shirt comes off and instead wraps around the robot behind him. Amazingly, Fury's very uniform becomes a living weapon, ripping itself from the shield director's body and then snarling the surprise bionic construct. You're not the one starting the fireworks. We are. Spidey, Cap, move it now. Aim for their heads. Once you scramble their circuits, they can't reassemble themselves. So Furies and uh, Spider-Man are just going into it. All units subdue Fury. We are sufficient to restrain Spider-Man. I was hoping you'd say that because I've been dying to do this. And he jumps up and, and spins in the air and he grabs two robots and bashes them together. Get the lid out, Spidey. In case you haven't noticed, scores of these units are streaming out of the woodwork to stop us before we reach Sultan. 
faster? Listen, Fury, no matter what we do, it's still a million to one shot. Well, maybe I can help lower the odds a bit. And all of a sudden, you see Cap's shield go through a couple of robots just just across the, the panel. Cap, you better believe it, Fury. You don't think I'd let you have all the fun, do you? The three of us attacking on a concentrated front? It's the only way to break through. Let's go. Surrender, Captain America. You were hopelessly outnumbered. It is impossible for you to win. That's what the Nazis told the besieged men of Bastion, and they were wrong. As long as brave, free men live, the internal torch of liberty and justice shall never die. Right on, Cap. I know it's corny, but every time he opens his mouth and spouts a speech, a guy can't help but become a believer, even when the odds are impossible. And Spidey's, you know, fighting as well. Biotron 3, cancel countdown. Activate primary thrusters immediately. Primary thrusters activated. Missiles shall launch in 7.35 seconds. No, we can't cash in our chips. Not when we come this blamed close. How do you stop a missile set to go? How? And Nick, now I got I got to say, from this angle on this panel, I'm looking at Nick Fury with the way his hair is done uh-huh. and the coloring. Yeah. Totally looks like Starenko. It does. It's yeah. It is. Uh, it, yeah. If if you didn't know, I think, and you saw this, you would you would definitely think this is uh, Starenko. Nice. I think that's a nice tip of the hat. Yeah, I think I was done on purpose. Yeah, I do too. Maybe you can't stop it, Fury, but nothing saying you can't hitch a ride. Gaff gave me this gizmo, saying that its hook and cable could hang on to under the accelerating force of ten G's. Here's here's where we find out if he's right. And he takes out this this uh, thing off his utility belt and it shoots a, a grappling hook. And miraculously, the hook buries itself deep into the titanium alloy of the rocket's outer skin. At the same time, Fury activates the device's miniature force field, binding him to the long cord as he is jerked into the sky. And the rocket's taking off. And for some reason... He's not being pulled underneath where the, the flames are coming out of the propulsion units. I don't know if that's possible, Bob. Yeah, the physics physics would suggest otherwise. But hey, it's Nick Fury, man. Maybe he's got, you know. Well, he's got that force field. Yeah. So I got to be crazy escaping out of Sultan's Island like this. It could get a man killed. Once I clear its shoreline, I can drop into the ocean, get to my car, and call on a warning before the baby blows Washington sky high. But as Fury looks down, no, it's impossible. I had no idea. Meanwhile, inside, uh, so Cap's got his shield up and all these robots are firing at him and Spidey gets behind him because it's, it's, it's a deluge of lasers coming. And up at the top from his uh, higher up perch, Sultan says, You've lost Captain America. Fury's a prisoner of my missile, and in seconds, the overwhelming attack of my Biotron sonic blasters shall defeat you and Spider-Man. He's right, Cap. It's way too hot in here. There's nothing more we can do. We've got to make a break for it. You go. I'll shield you. Cap looks determined as he's holding his shield up, willing to sacrifice himself for Spider-Man. But Spidey grabs Cap, shoots a web into the... uh, the, uh, um, higher up 
What, and let you hog all the headlines by falling beneath an unbeatable foe in a blaze of glory? Mom, apple pie, and my publicity agent would never forgive me. So he takes Cap and he swings up into the sky. And then they go up over the edge in, and he says, a short swing over this wall, a swift swim in the sea, and we'll be home free. And by the way, this particular page is the one I, I got. Um, it was really cool because all four panels, you know, have Cap and Spidey in each panel and, and it's a good battle. It's a good battle page. Yeah, that peeking over the shield there is, uh, that's, a, that's a great panel. Yeah. Uh, and then we have um, the next page, which is the last page of this issue. And it says, but I hope you got a spare set of nose plugs, Cap. I'm afraid I left mine in my other costume. I, oh, no. And they look and then it cuts to Sultan. My revenge is even greater than I dare dream. Those deluded fools have succeeded in dooming themselves. They never suspected that the missile priming sequence masked my true intent the elevating of Thunderhead Island itself. And sure enough, Thunderhead Island is a big rocket and it's up in the air. And there you've got Cap looking the scaredest I've ever seen Cap look and Spidey falling from the sky. There's no way either one can survive a 10,000 foot drop. Sultan has won. Next issue. To crown a sultan. All right, Bob. Um, here we are at issue two sixty six. Um, and just in case you haven't uh, already done so yet, did you know that you could win a Columbia Formula Ten speed ten speed racer? <laughs> I'm gonna send send in my uh, my. How would you even win it? Details are inside, so I yeah. gotta, I gotta wait. Hmm. All right, that's just like them. So. Um, same logo, same corner box logo, um, but it's a it's a pretty cool cover. Um, you've got a gigantic Biotron robot on the cover, and Cap has got his shield, and he's angrily knocking it into the guy's head. Spider-Man is swinging, and he's got his web going onto the head while the, uh, the, the robot's hands are glowing and shooting lasers, uh, and it says... Guest starring the amazing Spider-Man, uh, Flight from Thunderhead, which is the title of this issue. What was the last one called? Thunderhead? Thunderhead. This yeah. was called Flight from Thunderhead. Hours earlier, Colonel Nick Fury, Spider-Man, and Captain America launched a desperate attack to stop the rogue genius who calls himself Sultan. Bob, do you remember what Sultan stands for? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, it slips my mind right now. Systematic really? something, 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 something nations. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. The systematic ultimate lover takeover of all nations. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Not ultimate lover. Ultimate lawless. Lawless, right. Yes. Yeah. The ultimate lawless takeover of all nations. Yeah. And not just any ultimate lawless takeover of all nations. It's very systematic. It's, it's the ultimate one. So. Oh, that is so bad. It's important. It's so 1982. <laughs> Actually, I got to say, this story does not read like 1982. It reads like 1972, maybe even 1967. I mean, it's, yeah. doesn't it? Especially yeah. when he starts talking about how 
you know, when Cap goes into his little monologues. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that though. That's uh, I like old the, school the, feel. Yeah. The little spidey commentary on on Cap's monologuing is 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 precious. Yeah. Yeah. Instead, they became victims of Sultan's diabolical plot for world conquest. For Nick Fury, now dangles helplessly behind Sultan's multi-megaton missile aimed at Washington, D.C. And um, I'm going to say same uh, creative team as before. David Anthony Kraft, Mike Zek, John Beatty, Bob Sharon, and Jim Salakrup. The difference is I think we have a different letterer. So we have uh, Chiang on the letters. Um, and also I want to point out um, something that I noticed when I was reading this, uh, beforehand was, um, I don't know about you. Tell me, tell me, maybe I'm just crazy here, but normally in the, the little boxes, you know, where we have a description, like we're about, like, I'm just about to read here. Right. And mm -hmm. Captain America spreading her in the, you know, fatal. Right. Um, normally when that happens, we don't normally get hyphenated words that go to the next line. Yeah, right. But I, I noticed more than once that that happened in these issues, especially I want to say this one. Yeah. But but I'm, am I crazy? Like that doesn't normally happen. Like, right. right. I, they yeah. don't like doing that. Right. I've seen that. Yeah. Where yeah. Uh, the absence of it, I should say. And uh, it always struck me. Yep. And Captain America and Spidey are in a fatal 10,000 foot free fall to Earth after discovering too late. That Sultan's sinister lair, Thunderhead Island, was no anchored island at all, but a secret mobile attack station. And sure enough, here's right where we left him. Spidey and Cap falling from the sky. And Cap again, like before, looks very scared. That's that is that is arguably <laughs> the most ridiculous expression I've seen on on Cap in any comic book. Yeah, um, that could be argued. You know, and uh, and let's let's face it, uh, is, I, he's he's jumped out of planes before, so uh, deal with it, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> come on, act like you've been here before. Right. Easy for us to say, right? Right. Yeah. 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 So Spidey says, uh, "I've been in tight spots before, but nothing like this. We're going to be we're goners for good, unless my webbing." But we're falling so fast, while the island still flies away from us, my first shot will be my only shot. And so he, he spins and he shoots his web back to the island. If I miss, ugh, did it. Now to save Cap. But I can I do it before he falls out of my range of my web shooter? And so he, he turns around. Cap, swing around. Reach toward me as I shoot my webbing at you. Hurry. And he fires. And Cap's turning around to grab to the wedding. Give it your best, buddy. I know you won't fail. Oh, he's always such a supportive guy, he's, right? He's, he, he validates. I like that about him. Yeah, but but then out of the sky, Spider-Man gets zapped. Wrong. <laughs> There's just something about that, right? Yeah. Wrong. <laughs> so it's like uh. I don't know, like uh, the the on Saturday Night Live skit, right? Yeah, you know, the the guy, the the tech support guy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, tech support. 
And uh, Cap says, uh, a stun blast fired from above, knocking Spidey out. His webbing so close, if I can... No, my fall, too swift, no chance to grab it. And he did. He missed it. Just when we thought he was going to get it, right? Only we were like, oh, yeah, Spidey will get him. Nope, didn't happen. Surprise. They sought to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Like everyone, they over... See? See, it's hyphenated here. Yeah. A bunch of words. They overestimated their skills and denigrated my genius. Shield, little asterisk, which stands for Supreme Headquarters International Espionage Law Enforcement Division. Shield taught me merely a brilliant inventor of ultra sophisticated. See, there's another. There's another one. Sophisticated. Sorry, people. I should. I'm. I'm, I'm breaking. I'm like this is proper writing. So I mean, we're just not used to seeing it that 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 much. Proper how, Bob? Uh, the use of hyphenations, right? Uh... Well, Bob, uh, it's not that the words were separated before without hyphens. They just weren't separated before. They didn't get broken up and go to a second line. Yeah. Really? I don't recall that happening I, very I, often. I recall that happening, but... Uh, really? Yeah. Often? Not often, but enough that it, uh, I noticed it. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe I'm noticing it more because I'm reading it out loud. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Shield thought me merely a brilliant inventor of ultra-sophisticated surveillance systems, a master designer of advanced undercover weapons, an unequaled creator of biomechanical constructs. But Sultan is more, much more. All I have done, including the complete recreation of my own body, is nothing compared to what I will do once I rule the world. And so Sultan's talking as he's flying with jetpacks. And by the way, so are all these uh, biomechanical con- constructs. They're all, they all have jetpacks on. And they're all holding laser pistols. You know, you would think that um, they would just, like, put lasers in their body somehow, some hands. You know yeah, what I mean? It'd be more efficient. Sure would. Hey, look, Bob, one of the robots is, is a lefty. Oh, yeah, you're right. And rule it I shall, for Sultan leaves nothing. See? <laughs> I almost read that as not, but it's a hyphen word, and the next word is hing. <laughs> <laughs> huh. I'm telling you, I don't recall it's this many hyphenated game, word. It totally is throwing off my game. And rule it I shall, for Sultan leaves nothing to the hand of blind fate. Not even the plummeting death of Captain America. Now, I would like to point this out. Okay. If you're visually looking at this word balloon, okay, second line is for Sultan leaves not hyphen. The fourth line, blind fate not. So both sentences end with not, but one word is nothing and the other word is not. It is throwing me off. Yeah. You know, I, a lot of these, uh, a lot of these panels are very busy and so they are. the word bubbles are, you know, you have what you have in terms of space. 
So maybe that was a driving factor here that like you know, the word bubbles had to fit within the, the panels without uh, you know obscuring much of the art. And they're very busy panels in many cases. Well, I have two two things. I I I, I mean, first of all, great point. Uh, two things I want to say about that. Um, one, uh, I wonder if how David Kraft does the story is does he is the Marvel way, uh, which is typically the writer has a plot, gives it to the penciler, the penciler lays out the story, and then the writer takes the scripts based on what the penciler laid out. That's the Marvel way, right? So, um, or did he have these scripts already laid out and said, nope, this is the story. This is how I wrote it. You need to make it fit because knowing the scene, the space that he has, you know, typically the, if they're doing it the Marvel way, they, 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 they're able to fit everything in. That's number one. Number two, I'm noticing a lot of word bubbles that are angled because the way Zek laid out the page, there's a lot of um, pages that, that don't have the typical left to right uh, panels. There, there's right. some angled panels. So yeah. the letterer decided to take the word balloons and also put them up against those angles. So the word balloons are angled too. Yeah. There's a lot going on here, design-wise. There really is. And I know listeners are like, uh, what's going on in the story again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, uh, you've really lost us here. So, sorry. Um, yes. Captain America's falling to his death. Spider-Man's got zapped. He's hanging from his web underneath the, the island, uh, still unconscious. Sultan is out in his jetpack. Some robots, a ton of robots are out in their jetpacks, and uh, one of them happens to be a lefty. Um, and rule it I shall, for Sultan leaves nothing to the hand of blind fate, not even the plummeting death of Captain America. Dive, Biotrons, attack the incarnate symbol of the nation I despise. Kill Captain America. So Cap's falling to his death, and he says... Biotron constructs, diving at me like a squad of Hitler's Messerschmitts. Okay, what's a Messerschmitt? I've never heard that term before. It's a it's a, a German aircraft from World War Two. Okay. Yeah, a dive bomber. Oh, a dive bomber. That makes yeah. sense. Thank you. Do not resist, Captain America. Your death shall be swift and clean. Impossible. A mere acrobatic stunt could not have dodged my computer-directed shot. And sure enough, Cap is uh, doing some acrobats in midair, uh, getting, you know, dodging lasers. Lie down while you shoot me dead? Biotron, this old dog isn't about to learn that kind of new trick. Too bad, Biotron. But I... But it did. Another Biotron attacking from behind. Must roll into the blast. Use the force of the blast against my shield to do the totally unexpected attack. You have no gun. You cannot fly. In minutes, you are sure to die. Yet, you still fight. You are mad. No, Biotron. I am a man. (laughs) 
It's a little corny. It is a little corny, but you know, he is fighting, you know, by biotronic, whatever. So it's, it's, a, it's a distinction with a difference. Yeah. So he's not mad. Do you know what he is, Bob? He's a man, man. He, <laughs> he's a man, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Did you, so you, you thought the same thing? I did. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hey, this is why we, we this is why we do this together. We <laughs> <Tommy> gel, yeah. <laughs> She's a man, baby. Yeah. Good stuff. I'm just waiting for my son to be old enough to watch those. I can't wait for the day. They are a little risque. They are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're talking about my mother. <laughs> um uh, sorry, everybody uh, who didn't get that. We were talking about um, the spy who shagged me. Mike All Myers. classics. All classics. Yes. All right, I got to go back. <clears throat> no, Biotron, I'm a man. And since that fateful day in 1941, when I took the super soldier serum, I discovered that no matter how hopeless the odds, how overwhelming the attack, how powerful the foe. The outcome of battle is never certain. And he's taking robots and he's throwing them into others and all the while plummeting to his death. Yet you fight even as you fall to your certain death. This defies all logic. You say that because you're a machine. Only man can feel the exhilarating pulse of life. The surging drive to pursue an ideal only man can possess the unquestioning willingness to sacrifice all, including his own life, for his beliefs. It is a man who faces impossible risks and wins. It is a man who sets impossible goals and achieves them. And the final conflict between man and machine is a man who must be the master. And he gets to the last robot. And he grabs a hold of them. Though you have caused the destruction of all the other units, you shall still fail. My jetpack cannot sustain the weight of us both. We will crash. You will die. Every soldier from the greenest recruit to the most combat seasoned veteran knows that one day the dice will fall. The card will turn up and his luck will have run out. But so long as a breath stirs in my breast, so long as the spirit of freedom burns bright in America's soul, Captain America will not die. During that, that whole monologue, um, he was taking the jetpack off the robot, putting it onto himself, and at the last moment, he escapes certain death, and he zooms up while the robot crashes to the ground. Nicely, all while monologuing. This is, this is Cap. Okay. <laughs> it's a little over the top. It is. I gotta say. It is, but talk about multitasking, man. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, All right. This mm -hmm. is multitasking. I get bogged down trying to like do my lesson plans and checking like Facebook. <laughs> so, you and know. Moderating the, 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 the Facebook group. Yeah, you know, so. All right. You did your worst, Sultan, and you lost. 
Now the tables have turned. Your insane dream of global destruction shall fail, as did Toho's, as did Mussolini's, as did I? Is it yeah. Toho? I should say Toho. <laughs> I know. Toho sounds like a uh, like one of those chain restaurants in the south. Yeah, right. Fried chicken. Toho's fried chicken. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, um, you know what? Usually, <laughs> usually I edit that stuff out. I'm keeping this in. <laughs> Your insane dream of global destruction shall fail, as did Tojo's, as did Mussolini's, as did Hitler's, so swears Captain America. A few short hours ago, I was at a dummy phone booth dialing the secret code to enter S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters when I was kidnapped, teleported to the secret stronghold of Sultan. Against such lopsided odds, even my skill, honed by decades of unceasing battles against injustice and tyranny— could only delay the inevitable. I was captured and forced to witness the result of a paranoid genius gone truly mad, a multi-warhead nuclear missile designed to destroy Washington, D.C. When more Biotron constructs appeared with Spider-Man and Nick Fury as their prisoners, I began to fear that all might be lost. I was wrong. At the crucial moment of countdown, Nick ordered an all-out attack. Surprise brought us so near to success. Nick actually reached the rocket. As the Biotrons attacked anew, I'd only a second to see the missile take off with Nick Fury in tow. With surprise gone, the Biotrons began to gain the upper hand. Realizing the need to warn the world, Spider-Man grabbed me in a last-second effort to escape. He thought his leap would land us in the ocean surrounding Thunderhead Island. Instead, we found Sultan's fortress had become a flying war base. Now, Spider-Man and Nick may both be dead. I pray that I can avenge them and save the free world before it's too late. Wow, Bob. Cap monologued a recap of last issue. He did. You know, and usually that takes place in the beginning of an I issue. I thought it's done. that was strange, too. But to, like, just chuck it in the middle of the book seemed, uh, um, seemed interesting. It's almost like... Um, an afterthought? an afterthought or uh they, they gotta fill up some pages to to make the uh, make the pages for the story i don't yeah, know it's, it's on, i don't know it's almost like jim shooter said hey wait a minute you gotta remember every issue could be somebody's first issue that's true you need yeah. you need to you need to catch them up here well maybe he was thinking ahead he's like hey 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 Rick's going to be reading this in 40 years and uh, he's going to get distracted talking about word bubbles. And, and Do you see the amount of, of <laughs> we got to get hyphenated back. words recap. So the, the listener can figure out what's going on. Oh. Oh. All right. That's hey, everybody hours. who's still listening. God bless you. <laughs> But Colonel Fury is not dead, at least not yet. Ugh, the G-force of acceleration so strong. Can't stay out here like a hooked fish much longer, feeling myself beginning to black out. But what can I do? In a couple of minutes, this oversight... I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm reading that, and I'm like, I sound like William Shatner. <laughs> the G-force. Of acceleration. So strong. <laughs> Indeed. 
<laughs> you did have that. You have that going on. But what can I do? In a couple of minutes, this oversized firecracker will hit Washington, and there's no way I can stop it. Wait, maybe there's a chance through it's a million to one shot. What are you waiting for, Fury? Get the lead out. Reel yourself to the top of this thing. Oh, that's a good idea. So he's been tagging on the back of this firecracker, oversized firecracker, this whole time, and he forgot to push the reel in button. That that does seem a bit convoluted, but but just in time, he did it. I remember once, long ago, glancing at some blueprints of a missile Sultan was working on before he flipped out. Don't know if I was if it was one of this design or not. Chances are it was. And even if it was, I don't know if I can remember what much, much beyond the first page, but I do remember something about an entrance panel near the top. And there it is. Don't be so quick to pat yourself on the back, Fury. You ain't in yet. Gaff's gizmo did good for keeping me on the rocket. Now, let's see what its electronic code beam can do about opening this door fast. And so he gets the little gizmo. That was the same thing. That was his uh, grappling hook. Um, is now also a, uh, what do you call it? It's a, a code beam. Ele electronic code beam. Yeah. Bob, it's not just any code beam. Yeah, it's not it's, like yeah. it's electronic, right? <laughs> they had those at Radio Shack back in the day. I suppose was was nineteen eighty two. I guess this was written in nineteen eighty one. Was electronic things just not yeah. not so common? Yeah, are you kidding me? Everything had electronic in its name. Every has game that came out was an electronic game mm. right yeah okay yeah radio right. shack was booming yeah electronic games toys yeah now radio shack's out of business now right they are they did i hear that they're you know they're coming back in small formats and online but yeah they were they went out of business a few years ago i know i gotta tell you though like right before they went out of business a couple years before they went business they did those 1980s TV commercials mm -hmm. that was brilliant yeah. I mean as it, you know I used to do TV commercials so I am a marketing guy right so I don't know I saw those and it was like brilliant marketing because everybody thinks of Radio Shack as like you know it, it had a stigma and yeah. had this outdated stigma to it and um, uh, and then they did these 1980s celebrities coming back doing this Radio Shack commercial do you remember those commercials yes I do yeah, like Mary Lou Renner and Hulk Hogan and, you know, all these people like you totally forgot about. I mean, obviously you wouldn't forget about them, but some other people you've totally forgot about. And it was like, you know, Radio Shack is, you know, it's not what you remember. It's, you know. Yeah, it was, though. It was a great campaign. It's a shame it didn't work. Yeah. All right. So uh, Nick Fury is using this uh, electronic code beam to uh, get in the door fast and tense seconds, not 10 tenths seconds pass as the beam seeks the proper pulse and frequency needed to open the lock. Then bingo Gaffner just earned himself a big bonus and I'll see that he gets it too. If I get out of this alive, son of a gun, 
a control room, then this is one of Sultan's kamikaze nuke rockets, piloted ICBMs designed to transport top-secret cargo. If the crew runs into trouble, they hit the panic button and blow the cargo and themselves to kingdom come. Now, Bob, I don't see an asterisk here. What does ICBM stand for? The Intercontinental Ballistic Missile, Rick. Oh, okay. Those are big, big doings back in the early 80s, man, when the Soviet Union was still around. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the uh, marketing guy uh, is going to ask the uh, former military guy, uh, and he's going to know these types of things. The day after I rejected this plan, Sultan called me a fool. I guess I was, because I didn't suspect that he'd gone off the deep end. There it is. Target zero. Washington. All right. Electronic lockpick. Not just lockpick. Break into that instrumental guidance panel. Open sesame. And by the way, I don't know if people recall. Do you remember how um, in the last issue, how they uh, they they did that counterattack and how Nick Fury broke free of his uh, robot capture? Right. Yeah. With his um, uh, electronic shirt. Yes. So for those listening you have not had the benefit of seeing a shirtless Nick Fury this entire time. In almost every panel. Yes. Yeah. And uh, let me tell you, uh, I I feel for John Beatty, this being his first issue where he's inking because he's had to ink every single little chest hair (laughs) (laughs) that Mike Zek drew on his body because he's got a chest hair. He's got an abdomen hair. He's He's got got some forearm hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's a, he's quite the physical specimen. He is. Yeah. Reminds me, I gotta, I gotta start hitting the gym again. (laughs) So in this next panel, uh, Fury is leaning over shirtless and he's uh, onto a um, console on the, on the, on the computer board. And I gotta say, this is quintessential Zek. When I look at Zek, I see, you know, the way his physical prowess, like the, the body, totally Zek. Uh, I've noticed over the years um, more, more recently that Zek tends to draw his characters, a lot of them are leaning or hunched. Mm. Um, it's, it's, he does that a lot. So, so in this case, Fury's hunched. And then he, he has, and I'm sorry, I grew up with this, so I look at this, and to me, it's like, yes, I love the way Zek draws a jaw, you know? Like the way he draws a jaw uh, and, and like, you know, how he's got the teeth clenched right there. Like you could just look at that and go, that's Mike Zach. Yeah. Got less than a minute left. Can't louse up the bypass code deactivating a warhead and redirecting the missile out to sea. If this was World War II and a Halley Commando mission, I'd just take my Tommy gun to this board of lights. But that was then. You got to do the fighting a little differently now. There, the code is complete. The missile is just a huge hunk of flying steel. Sultan's, oh no, for the love of, and you see this look on Nick Fury's face uh, as it's up close and he's, he's 
horrified and he's sweating. Sultan's tricked us. There was no warhead in this thing. The missile was a decoy. The real multi-megaton bomb is... Thunderhead Island. You'd have seen it coming. Still dangling below the island, Spider-Man finally begins to stir from unconsciousness, releasing his grip on his web line. What? No! And he falls. Mind if I give you a lift, Spidey? And there's Cap with his, uh, his rocket on his backpack, and he comes and he catches Spider-Man right in the, in the nick of time. Boy, you must have got your timing from the cavalry charges in the old westerns. But I thought you were dead. How'd you... Later, son. Right now, our future ruler of the world needs to be crowned by us. Don't you agree? You bet your star-spangled leg long johns I do. And inside the complex... So we have uh, Sultan up on his his higher-up panel looking down on his, his robots. I specifically designed my Biotron constructs to exceed the limits of speed and strength opposed on frail human flesh. I imposed in their circuitry the un, unswerving logic of unquestionable loyalty to me. I created them to be the ultimate executors of my will. My squad of Biotron constructs should have brought me the corpse of Captain America long ago, yet they have not. I demand to know why. And just then, Spidey swings in and Cap flies in. Maybe because they all went to pieces when an imperfect human beats the polish off their chrome domes. Spider-Man, Captain America, alive. You may have miraculously escaped death once, but you'll not do so again. Biotrons, attack, kill them. And a nice little panel here of Spider-Man um, you know, leaping. And uh, as Spider-Man tends to do, he has, you know, his body is so manipulative, right? Like he can just um, go in all kinds of different things. So he's, he's in the air and he's got his legs uh, over his arms as he's got his arms down, firing webbed uh, into um, two different laser pistols. Sheesh, how unsociable can you be? And Cap says, surrender, Sultan. You'll never win. Divert your rocket before thousands of people are needlessly killed. Never. It is those self-same deaths that shall ensure my rule. Once the people of Washington die, everyone in America will bow before my overwhelmingly powerful and gladly proclaim me king. Mister, you don't know thing one about Americans. A devastating sneak attack was tried against America once before on December 7th, 1941, at Pearl Harbor. Instead of destroying a people, he united a nation in an unending fight for freedom. And at this point, he takes his shield and just cracks it across Sultan's head. And then he picks him up and flies with his jetpack. Mister, that's a fight no power-mad dictator has ever won. Stop! Release me. I'll grant you any position in my kingdom. You tell him, Cap. And Spidey's punching out a robot. And of course, he asks him to release him. So the in-air Captain America says, Your wish is my command, Majesty. And he pulls off 
Sultan's jetpack and he falls. No, not that way. Save me. Name your price. I'll give you anything. And he crashes. Sorry, Sultan, but I'm not interested. And Sultan, uh, who looks very much damaged here, says, You have won this round, Captain America, but I shall still destroy Washington. You hear me? Washington shall be destroyed. And he falls over uh, with smoke coming out of him. A final gout of acrid smoke exploded from the ruined biomechanical body of Sultan, obscuring from Captain America and Spider-Man a tiny module. Without hesitation, it rises from Sultan's fallen form. And before either hero has a chance to notice, unerringly flies away from Thunderhead Island. So there's this little robe, the little, you know, little tiny robot thing flying from uh, his back. Cap goes over to him and goes, he's dead, but he shouldn't be. His, his heavy exoskeleton should have protected him from a fatal fall. Yeah, it's creepy, all right, Cap. But at least it stopped all his bionic bozos. They froze in instant statues the second Sultan fell. It's always like that, Spider-Man. Once the head of the movement is gone, the body, the mindless soldiers, become helpless. Suddenly, hey, the whole island's shaking like it's in the middle of a... Spidey, grab hold of my arm. Sure, Cap, but you never struck me as the kind of guy who'd faint over the floor shaking. I know you're joking, son, but this island might be set to detonate at the time of Sultan's death, and that's no joke. This jetpack slowed and overloaded as, as it is by your extra weight is our only chance of escape. And he grabs Spider-Man and they, uh, they fly out. But instead of exploding, they discover the island's taking off like a supersonic fighter plane. Hey, Cap, you look like someone just stole your I like Ike button. What's wrong? Our combined weight is too great for the jetpack. We're falling too fast. If we land wrong, the impact could kill us. Sorry, I asked. There isn't much time. Spread your arms and legs, Spidey, like this. And as they're falling from the sky, they... It'll help break the speed of your descent, give you the control you need to roll once you hit the ground. How come this stunt like this always looks so easy in the movies? And they, they hit the ground and they roll. Cap, next time we go out together, remind me to bring a parachute. Why are you taking off that jetpack, Cap? You need to fly to a place with, your, with a phone so you can warn Washington. I would, but it's out of fuel. Oh, great. Now what are we going to do? The only thing we can, Spidey, split up and hope one of us reaches that telephone before it's too late. I remember seeing a farmhouse somewhere beyond that grove of trees and another one beyond that rise to the left before we landed. I'll take the first and and you see a, um, at the time he's talking, you see a, 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 a pistol, like a gun, with a turret coming out of the, of the, the, uh, the shrubbery that, uh, is pointing to the cap's back. And then all of a sudden, Spidey tingles. Holy cow, my Spidey sense is tingling like wild. Cap, jump! And they both jump, and there's a, a fire a laser uh, that where, where Cap was standing. And it's a, um, it's a, it's the Biotron robots, but led by a golden one 
And he says, I could almost admire your attempts to save your despicable capital city if they were not so pitifully doomed to failure. And Spidey says, Sultan, but how? Do I live when you thought me dead? The laws of life and death hold no sway over Sultan. Long ago, I evolved a method of encoding my identity onto a mobile microchip. At any moment, I can transport myself to any one of a score of specially designed bionic bodies. Thus, I have achieved immortality, enabling to rule Earth forever. But Cap throws his shield at him, and it hits him hard. Never! And at that point, um, Spidey uses his web to pull the laser out of his hand. That pea shooter of yours packed quite a punch. Let's see what it does when I aim it at your bionic army. But I'm pulling the trigger, but this nutty thing's not working. Maybe I can bluff those bionic constructs. Freeze! Reach for the sky! You saw what this gun did. Take another step and I'll do the same to you. Hey, they took that step. Well, it seemed like a good idea. Hey, who needs a gimmicky gun that doesn't work when I've got my trusty web shooters? And he shoots webs uh, over top of all the, uh, the robots. Stop. Even you cretinous imbeciles must realize that you cannot continue to fight when the city you have sought to preserve falls beneath the fury of nuclear annihilation. And then in the background, Bob, there's this big explosion with a yellow fiery sky. And Spidey and Cap look at it in horror. The atomic funeral pyre is but the first of dozens that shall flare over the over the world until every nation's capital lies an unapproachable grave of radio ash, radioactive ash. And now, remember before when I said that looked like Starenko? Right. So we go back to a close-up of Cap's face, and um, it's that same color green and uh, anger and sweat. Despite your every effort to thwart me, you have lost, Captain America. I have won. In the light of that glorious glow, I hereby proclaim myself Sultan, the first king of Earth. And Cap, Cap's not having this, man. So he, he leaps toward him. No, those millions of innocent lives shall not have died in vain. You'll never rule anything, madman, so as long as I live. So swears Captain America. And Sultan, who's much larger in this form, grabs Cap and pull, picks him up. The reply to that is so foolishly simple, it is almost too trite to speak aloud. Your valiant struggles amused me once, but now they do not. It is time I ended this charade. And he's punching Cap and he throws him down to the ground. And Cap says, Sultan, and he flips him with his legs as he's on the ground. You talk too much. Enough! I shall toy with you no longer. Die, Captain America, die! And he's firing from his hand, which all of his Biotron robots should have had initially. But Cap's shield's fast, and he picks it up to deflect. No time to dodge. Must bear the full force of this sonic blast with my shield. Spidey says, Cap, my ears are ringing like fire alarms. Are you all right? Dazed, numb. Snap out of it quick. Sultan's coming fast. I can hold off his army, but I can't fight them both. 
I assure you, Spider-Man, in a few moments, you'll no longer have that concern. You'll be dead. What? You leap to attack a new? Impossible. And Cap comes up and he leaps at him. I was playing possum, Sultan, waiting for you to get close. Fool, do you see how helpless you truly are? I could break your skull like an egg, and he has both his hands on his head. No, that would be too swift, too boring. I shall hold you helpless, pummel your body with an endless stream of sonic beams that shall shatter every nerve in your body before you die. And he holds him by his throat and pulls him up against a tree. Cap thinks to himself as he's being held, Sultan's toying with me, waiting for his sonic generators to reach full power. Must wait until the last possible second to do this. And he pulls up his shield just as Sultan was about to use the sonic rays from his hand. What? Your shield jammed crossed my fingertips as I unleashed my power. No! You're causing incalculable feedback. I can't control it. I'm going to kawoom. And he blows up as Cap falls. But just like before, the little robot starts to leave from the body to go to the next one. Spidey, the object flying out of Sultan's chest. That must be his identity module. I'll snatch it. Cripes, it's ducked out of the out of my the way of my web. And his, his uh, web misses it. Spider-Man, shoot a wide swath of webbing. Hurry. Will do, Cap, but it's going so fast. If I miss like the last time, Sultan will escape. But as it's in air, it gets blown out of the sky. Kabam! No, it won't. That voice, Nick Fury. You better believe it, Winghead. It turns out the missile I was riding was a decoy. I was able to override it, its autopilot and land the rocket in the ocean. There's a shield rescue plane I called picked me up. But apparently, they didn't have a bonus shirt for him. <laughs> but the glow in the horizon, that was Sultan's real bomb, Thunderhead Island, being blown out of the sky by a squad of shield interceptors. Don't worry, Sultan had many things, but one weapon he did not have was atomic bomb. Yahoo! Then Washington didn't go up in smoke after all. Nick, old friend, I hate to say it, but this old war horse is tired. Let's find your flyer and go home. He puts his arm around Nick Fury and they walk off into the sunset. The end. Golly! <sighs> well, that was something. You know, I got I got I was a little jaundiced when we started, you know, because I read this, uh, read this a couple weeks ago, and and I found it a little jaundice, jaundice, yeah, a little bit, uh, a little yellow, bit, yeah, yeah, yellow, a little bit yellow, yeah, a little bit jaundice, a little bit, uh, you know, a uh, little bit turned off on this story. Uh, I, I read through it. And it was I found it hard to get through the first time, but I don't know. Maybe it was your voice thing. I don't know, but I found <laughs> it. I found it a lot more enjoyable tonight. I think it could have been shorter, uh, and I'm a little bit ee, about Sultan. You know, it's a little too similar to Machine Smith for me. Yeah, that's true. You know, and uh, so a little bit of lack of originality in the character. But overall, you know, a lot of good action. 
Uh, a lot of good cat monologuing, the Spidey, you know, sort of uh, sense of humor. It's a, it's a nice team up. And uh, sort of the alternating between them and Fury was kind of cool too, so. I think it was the adult beverage that made you enjoy it more. It could have been that. It could have been that as well. <laughs> <laughs> it never hurts. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. That was fun. Um, hey, listen, where else are you going to get a podcast to cover issue 265 and 266 of Captain America? <laughs> I got to tell you. We go where no other, no one else wants to go. We may have just made history here, Bob. <laughs> right? I mean, I, you know, there's some classic Captain America stories that have been covered in other podcasts. Yeah. But I, I feel very secure in saying that no one has ever covered 265, 266 before. That, that, might, be, that should, might be the roadmap ahead for us, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, at some point, we're going to be covering, like, you know, just here's, here's, uh, here's issue 412. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, like, like yeah. we're going to run out, but. Right. But I thought this one was was cool to cover because uh, of all the things I said in the beginning of the uh, of the episode, um, you know, just the interesting facts of of the story. And again, it's Cap, it's Spider Man, it's Nick Fury. You don't get too many Cap Spider Man crossovers, and it is the beginning of Mike Zeck and and John Beatty's uh, long, long classic tenure on the series. So I, I highly recommend to everybody out there, please. Uh, Make sure you check in our next episode, episode 43. And uh, and it was a great, great uh, chat with John Beatty. Uh, great inside stories on his career and, and his time on the Captain America series and how Mike Zeck was a big influence on him and how he got into the industry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's good stuff. And uh, and it's 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 endearing, too, because there's a lot of uh, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of personal stories that, you know, you're, you may not know. And uh, these guys, the, the creators, you know, the writers, the pencilers, the, the inkers, the colors, all these folks. I mean, they're real people with, uh, with, with stories. And uh, sometimes that gives you insights that you won't get anywhere else. Yep. Agreed. And come back for episode 44 in, in two weeks, because that's going to be our listener Q&A. And uh, we've gotten a ton of questions. Uh, those are going to be fun. Uh, I got a feeling this isn't going to be the last time we do a listener Q and A. Yeah, I'm hoping. Uh, I hope we got some uh, some some thought provoking questions. So uh, we do, absolutely yeah. do. I can't wait for that. All right, Bob. Well, as always, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. It has. Let's do this again sometime. All right. Uh, he's Bob Lucius. I'm Rick Verbonis, and you've been listening to the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. Thank you.